You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. Coming up for you today in the first segment, we'll get to all of the different players that have spoke to the media. We'll recap their comments. And we have plenty more of this coming up this week. So, um, Still going to keep you updated on all the media availability. Second segment, a bunch of little news, a bunch of maybe just little nugget size news that are coming out. Just the bits. Um, Yeah, just the little bits. We're going to try to tie up all the loose ends of stuff that you might have missed regarding the Charlotte Hornets. Just a couple of different things here and there. We're going to keep you updated on. And then in the third segment, we're going to talk about the perfect example of Nada's mantra with the Charlotte Hornets and saying it could always be worse. So that's going to be coming up in the third <laughs> segment. And uh, words have never been truer from Nada's slogan. And this is the perfect example again. I'm going to get to that at the end of the show today. So now let's pick up where some players spoke to the media yesterday. We told everybody that we'd get to PJ, Devante, um, who I believe were the only two players we did not get to who spoke yesterday. So PJ spoke with media, Devontae Graham spoke with media. And then as of today, we got to hear from Bismack Biombo and Cody Zeller. We are not going to be able to give you our thoughts on Miles Bridges comments because we're actually recording this literally right beforehand, just works out for the timing. So we'll have Miles Bridges comments for you tomorrow. And we will continue to do that as more players speak to the media. Let's start with PJ. Cause I think it's the bigger discussion to have. I mean, I think the overall takeaway from, you know, even, even to some degree, what we heard from Mitch Kupchak, James Borrego and Gordon Hayward, like that was the big day, right? That was, that was the number one day you wanted to hear, um, you know, whoever's comments, right? If you had to pick a day to listen to, it would be the first one here. But one of the bigger storylines from this, it's Gordon Hayward. It's Nick Batum getting waved and stretched. It's all that. Now to this PJ Washington playing at the five, it's real. It's here. It's going to be a lot. It's big. I, I mean, PJ saying that he played really mostly five in the mini bubble that they had. Borrego alluded to it. PJ's talking about it a lot. It makes sense because round picks and miles is a first round pick. PJ's a first round pick. Lamelo is a first round pick. Gordon Hayward is the biggest free agent acquisition in team history. Devante certainly ain't going to the bench. We're going to small ball, baby, whether you like it or not. Not it certainly seems so. Yeah, I think we're headed that uh, we're heading that way. And quite honestly, like I, I, this, you know what? If this was going to be the curse for not drafting Wiseman, then you know what? I'm okay with it. I am okay <laughs> because we got the superior. Uh, for what my money is, we got the superior player in the draft. So if this is the way this is going to go, then fine. I'm going to have to learn to live and learn to love PJ Washington at the five, despite the fact that I do have serious concerns about the defense because for NBA defenses, your center is supposed to be your back line and if you can't defend the rim, if you can't defend in pick and roll, and you cannot guard your man, you're going to have a lot of problems when it comes to having an undersized guy at the five. So if P.J. Washington can do all of those things and still provide a whole bunch of switchiness, I get it. 
I also see the the possibility that this may be the worst. This may be a historically bad defense because the lineup that you're talking about throwing out can't defend me or you unless they re- unless they really 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 try. So I yeah, worry it is about gonna- that. Yeah, it is going to be bad. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Defensively, you know, having Lamelo and Devontae as your defending backcourt, if you throw Terry Rozier out there or Miles Bridges or whoever, like, you know, and I, I know that's crazy to put them out there, but I'm just thinking if the lineup, you know, like the lineups that we're talking about, whatever, there's just not a whole lot of good defenders on this team. You know, Gordon is going to be that guy. And, you know, you're hoping PJ Washington can continue to improve. And he did last year, you know, PJ PJ certainly uh, improved defensively as the season went on. So you're just hoping for a lot more improvement, but I'm certainly not going to sit here and tell you it's going to be a good defensive team. And PJ Washington acknowledged that he fielded some of those questions. You know, he said, of course, on offense, he, they've got some guys that can facilitate and switch on defense, but he also adds as a small ball center. And this coming from Sam Purley, our numbers guy at Sam underscore Purley of Hornets.com. Mm-hmm. You can follow him on Twitter, always keeping you up to date. He said, um, you know, PJ adds as a small ball uh, center, He'd be a mismatch for opposing players. Lamelo and Hayward all, uh, also helps line up versatility. "Quote: I'm up for the challenge on defense. I don't like people scoring on me." He also says that Draymond Green is the league-wide mold for small ball centers, but he includes Bam Adebayo and Jokic as other great playmaking centers. Not necessarily, you know, Jokic of being the small ball guy because he's six eleven and huge and rotund. Um, so <laughs> when you're talking about PJ, yeah, like that's the thing, right? Like that's the thing that worries you the most because offensively you're not worried at all about PJ playing the five. It's going to be a lot of fun. I I have more faith in PJ playing center defensively because not, I mean, even with some problems that we saw, there are some times where I think, I think PJ just has to learn how to use his strength because there will be times. And I tweeted this out. There are times that PJ is stronger than you and you're just going to have to deal with it. It doesn't matter what you do. PJ is just going to score the basket. And we saw that a couple of times in the post. And I, I think we've seen him not use his strength for rebounding purposes. Sometimes we've certainly not seen him use his strength every once in a while for defensive purposes, but also I see him get that leg and that big tree trunk under somebody's backside. And then the post player that's trying to score in the paint can't move. You know, I've seen that yeah. a couple times too. So, you know, I, we know he's wide. Like I, mm-hmm. I think, I think he can be certainly strong enough and, you know, Doug going back to him saying the sneaky athleticism that's there with PJ, no, I, I think I'm a little bit more okay with him defensively than you are at small ball. Well, here's the other thing with this, and this is where, like, the comparisons to Draymond Green. Like, Draymond had also other really, really good defenders on defense. Again, Clay Thompson is super underrated as a defender. You're talking about comparing, again, the only – I, I just don't trust. The well, in other words, look, yeah, like point taken, oh, uh, otherworldly mission, oh. you know, Draymond, he's insane. And, yeah. and, you know, just his, his recognition, you know, even just the lateral quickness compared to PJ, just, you know, the anticipation, like you can get that for more Draymond. Yeah. If you're expecting Draymond to be here in, you know, the PJ Washington Jersey, that's not what you're going to get. But anyways, you know, PJ just kind of talking about that. It's just crazy. Not like if, if I were to ask you right now, because of all of this talk, is it something that actually happens opening night where the starting lineup opening night yes. is PJ at the yes. center? Um, yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. it's certainly looking that way. I kind of threw that out there maybe yesterday or two days ago, just like, oh man, it might be that. But man, now it's like, is it favored? You know, I was throwing that out there like it has a shot at happening. But now I wonder with all this talk, 
um, is PJ Washington at the five on opening night favored or, or, you know, and whatever in starters, closing lineups, I know closing lineups matter more, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, let's get to one of the players comments real quickly before yeah. we take a break. Um, Devonte Graham spoke with media, talked about LaMelo, all the playmakers on the team. A lot of this is the same stuff we're hearing over and over again offensively. But as you pointed out on Twitter, not a Devonte Graham, I think was the only guy to talk about specifically our goal is to make the playoffs. You put it out there. That's something they want to achieve, at least in the eyes of Devonte. I would imagine other players on the team feel the same way. And Devonte put it out there into the public. I think like, there's a part of me that there's two different schools of thought with this one. First, Devonte saying this and being the only one to say it is one of those things that's really, really bold. Or, and this is where I'm kind of leaning towards this, the whole goal was the playoffs the whole time or getting at least to the 10 seed and Devonte ruined the surprise. And that was just supposed to be an in-house thing. I am going with the latter because otherwise – Devontae just look crazy right now. And no, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that you want to make the playoffs and that they expect to, right? Like if this is a team that goes after Gordon Hayward, you have Devontae who's hoping to take a step forward. PJ hoping to take a step forward. You have playmakers. If you're in that locker room, it's a, it's a roster that certainly improved from last season. You know, it did. And if you're looking at that as a player within your own locker room, even if I wouldn't project them to be a playoff team, even if a lot of pundits wouldn't do that, if you're a player, I'm sure you do believe that you're a playoff team and you expect to make the playoffs. And it's certainly not crazy. Like it's not the craziest thing to say that this team is good enough to at least find a way to get into the, to uh, the last spot. Now I know we would we would hate that, but it's not crazy to say that they would make it. That That's kind of what I make of Devontae Graham's comments. Let's get to some of the other comments we heard um, in the second segment, as well as some breaking news coming out yesterday. Just Nick Batum had a tweet talking to the Charlotte Hornets fans. Um, we do have some apparel news breaking earlier today. We'll get to all of that in the second segment of the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing... Mm-hmm then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. It's really tough. I've tried it. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Coming up this week on Locked on Hornets, it is all about the press availability from all of the players that we have not discussed yet. Miles Bridges has not talked to media yet. He's going to do so later on today. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Also, I know Malik Monk is supposed to be speaking at some point, right, Nada? I don't know if you know some of the other players. It's probably this week. I, I would assume probably, if not today, then tomorrow. We still haven't heard from any either Martin's one, have we? So I think it's no, probably going to be Monk the Martin twins. And are we going to hear from Carrie and Richards and Riller and all of them? Cause I don't, think um, we, and I we've don't already know. heard from them a little bit too. So I'm not sure, but yes, we are going to update everyone. Anybody that talks, we're going to be talking about their comments and if there's anything to make of those comments. So make sure you're tuning in every single day. Uh, to Lockdown Hornets, wherever you get your podcast. Let's kind of just clean up some of the other player comments we haven't talked about yet. Bismack spoke today. Um, one quote I, I took away. He said, quote, I'm really looking forward to this year. Young guys listen to me and I'm helping them a lot. It's going to be a fun year. It just confirms um, 
all what we thought, you know, yeah. at least what Biz realizes his role is. He wants to be here for the turnaround. Biz knows what it is with this team and understanding, you know, I, I, th- I thought it was interesting. He's like, young guys, listen to me. You know, I don't, I, I, taking that responsibility on you know, and, and, and seems like he really does kind of relish that. And the young guys from what they've said, you know, that that's the biggest thing I've kind of taken away from all of this too, is, is the young guys specifically talk about biz more so than other veteran players. And um, I think that's why it's a good deal to bring it back at three and a half mil who really yeah. cares, man. Like it, it's a good thing. And, and biz is even confirming some of that. Look, you always need adults and granted $3.5 million dollars it, again, getting paid three point five point five million dollars to babysit—that sounds like the best babysitting job ever. But at the same time, <laughs> it's like you do need that. You do need the adults. You do need. You do need to have adults in the room. You de- like, and this is something funny. I hate the name drop, but uh, I did an interview with uh, Jalen Rose a couple of years ago, and one thing he told me is like, one thing you always want to get to in life is to be a veteran, and. To be a veteran, and I think that's what Biz is very happy about right here, is that mm-hmm. he's very happy to be a veteran. And to tie it full circle to something I said yesterday, that again, Biz wants to be here. Biz has said multiple times, hey, I could have gone somewhere else. I'd rather be here. And it's something that I guess I don't think we appreciate enough when we start talking about these players. They want to build something here. They want to build the culture here. They want to make this, they want to leave this franchise better than when they found it. And I don't think you get rid of guys that easily if they really believe that. Mm -hmm. Like if people, if players believe in that and believe in your franchise and believe it worth being enough to turn around, you can't necessarily just get rid of them. That goes for Bismack Biombo and that also goes for Terry Rozier. Well, they decided not to. So they bring him back and to your point, you know, not only is Biz getting to a point where he's a veteran, but perhaps he gets these young guys to a be a veteran faster because of his knowledge that he is able to share with them. So good stuff from Biz. And then Cody Zeller speaking really right before we started recording. Um, nothing too much to dive into here. He talked about how they need to bring the intensity um, on defensive rebounding every single night. Would certainly go to something you're worried about, Nada. And uh mm-hmm. And uh, how he has known Gordon Hayward for a long time because they're both Indiana boys. Cody Zeller, I believe, from Washington, Indiana, along with his brothers. And uh, Gordon Hayward being from Brownsburg, Indiana, being a fantastic tennis player. So now Cody is no longer the best tennis player, uh, but he still is the best ping pong player from what we learned at the mini bubble. So maybe Gordon (laughs) Hayward would have beat him there. But Cody Zeller... Yep, Cody Zeller probably still going to reign supreme at ping pong, but not in the big boy game of tennis. So let's get to some of the stuff that uh, we saw come through yesterday, today, just the little things that we saw. Um, We did see that there was a Hornets player who did test positive for COVID-19 during initial testing before training camp. A team source confirmed to Rick Bunnell. Um, Nick Carboni of WCNC did have this story first when it was reported. And then, uh, you know, the NBA, they did announce that there were 48 positive tests altogether among the 546 players in the return to market initial testing phase. So 48 of 546 did test positive. One of those players is a Charlotte Hornet. We do not know who that Charlotte Hornets player is, but um, we do know that one of them did test positive. Hopefully, Everything can go smoothly as much as it possibly can, but Hornets have maybe a minor hiccup, but of course with isolation, I remember Cody Zeller kind of talking about this a little bit um, that, you know, he's seen, uh, 
you know, LaMelo and yeah. maybe, no, this is Gordon Hayward. Excuse me. Not Cody Zeller. I got my white guys from Indiana mixed up. Gordon <laughs> Hayward was talking. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon. And I raised my hand, you know, being a yes. white guy from Indiana. I apologize. Exactly. It's true. We all look the same. How dare you uh, mistake your own kind, man? I yeah, know it literally is, you know, tall white guys from Indiana. You know, it's like, I'm looking in a mirror watching the guys in uh, the Hornets jerseys out there on the court. It'll be Giant nice. Spider-Man be- meme. Yeah, until they go up and and just give a thunder dunk, I'll be like, oh wait, this isn't me. These these boys, <laughs> these white boys from Indiana are different. So <laughs> maybe a little bit different. But I remember Gordon saying this that he was talking about you know, what the protocols are. Only can be two people in the weight room, and I think on a court at the same time in a half court setting or whatever. Yeah, up until um, tomorrow, up until tomorrow, and then they get five on five because JB went over this um, okay. on Monday when they first did they did the first one. So. It's two two on two, just two players at the time up until Friday. Then they're going to get five on five. And then at that point, it's going to be full go up until the 12th, which we have, which is the uh, Toronto Raptors game. Preseason. Okay, there you go. Perfect. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, it seems like they're able to isolate that pretty well and contain this thing. Um, so again, you know, the NBA, they've done, they did such a good job in the bubble in Orlando. I have to imagine they're going to do a pretty good job here as well as they try to start up this NBA season. Um, let's take a quick break, get to some of those other updates that we had for you coming up in the next segment on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, excuse <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from uh, Catawba County. Put so, him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. If you get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever. Batum, we mentioned he did officially sign with the LA Clippers and Nick Batum. Put a message out there to uh, Charlotte Hornets fans. The city of Charlotte put it out there on Twitter. And he writes, Charlotte, five years made of ups and downs, but I'll keep in mind the good memories. I have nothing but respect for the city of Charlotte, the Hornets organization, and the fans. The franchise is in good hands and has a bright future. I wish you the best, Buzz City. That's Nick Batum's message to the city of Charlotte. And oh, yeah, I, look, <laughs> when we get to this, I do feel bad for Nick Batum to a certain degree because look, people are going to roll their eyes. Hey, this guy's making $27 million a year and we shouldn't feel bad for him. I always roll my eyes at that because it's like, okay, yeah, they don't have feelings even though they're making a ton of money. Sure. If you're asking, would you rather be a Nick Batum situation and be bad at basketball right now for it? And you know, just not fit well. And for $27 million a year. Yes, that would be fantastic. Also, it doesn't mean that, they're thrilled with the way things are going on. He also kind of acknowledges, yeah, I know there's been some ups and downs. I know things haven't really worked out the last couple of years. So whatever, you know, we've, we've seen some messaging before from Nick. He apologized to the city of Charlotte. We talked about that before. Um, But Nick Batum final tip of the cap to the city of Charlotte as he makes his way to LA. Yeah, this, I, I, 
Like I saw the tweet, and the first thing I I thought was there are going to be so many angry Hornets fans that dunk that are going to dunk on that tweet, and, and just I feel bad for him. Things just didn't work out, and that's okay. It's not okay from the standpoint of okay that might have cost us Kemba Walker. It might not have. I, who knows? But at the same time, I still can respect Nick Batum for what he gave me in 2016. And he had a better year in 2017. I'm never going to not think of what happens if Nick Batum takes the entire year off that year. That year he had, he nearly had to have Tommy John surgery or something similar to that. Like, I will always wonder what if with that. And if that changed anything with his shot. And for all we know, that there may be a piece that comes out like I was never the same after the surgery because it's very possible. I just feel bad. Like there are no winners in this situation. There are no like, like there are no winners at the end. Yeah, it of was the bad. Day, I mean, it was, it was just bad. it was just flat out bad. And you know, I don't put the money on Nick Batum. Like the Hornets gave that to Nick Batum, and also Nick Batum just didn't perform. He was bad, and I mean, he he was. After a while, he started to just be non-existent in a lot of facets of the game as his tenure with the Charlotte Hornets would continue. And it was just it, it ended up being an awful, awful contract. And now he moves on, and we don't have to talk about it anymore. You know, like this is this is kind of it. <laughs> like, yeah. think about it, Nada. Like, we're there's not going to be any more conversation. Uh, you know, with, with this last, you know, goodbye with Nick Batum, there's no more conversation about that. I think this is, you know, if the final page was, you know, the waving and the stretching and I guess, you know, <laughs> I guess yeah. he's going to be on the book. So maybe it never really is it with Nick Batum, but still, as far as like what we're talking about from him, his impact with his words or his play, this basically is it. And uh, I'll see you in three years to give the ep- episode of his contract finally coming off of the books. So well, anyway, it's, not even, it's not, even, not even that at this point. It's just li- literally just I'm glad we get to turn the page. I just shudder to think if Hayward becomes a new Batum, that's what I worry about. And it's just this non like never ending cycle of this contract screwed up this ability <laughs> to this ruined our window to compete. And at the end of the day, as we're finding out, there is no tr- contract that is untradeable if you have enough motivation to, to, to stomach the pain. Right, Walker? Um, that is right. Uh, I will get to that in just one moment. I did want to update people on the Buzz City minted jerseys being released. They are available for your They're purchase. Clean. You can get your Hornet. Man, those things are just so sick. The Hornets jerseys are available. Uh, the NBA, the Nike NBA City Edition jersey. You go to NBA.com to find those. Uh, not I know you were toying with the idea of getting some shorts, right? Some The Mint City Edition shorts. I was, and then I realized I'd be paying $93 for shorts. It's <laughs> so much, but God, it, it, they're as clean as they so get, clean. man. It's so clean. And honestly, if I didn't buy these gold J's that, that you've seen the picture of, and yeah. if you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> you've seen the picture. Like, if I didn't buy those, I would totally buy some shorts. The other th- one thing I do want to mention, though, if you go through the website and you go take a look at it, Take a look at when they ship. It's not meant to ship until at least probably after Christmas. So if you're worried about buying, if you want to buy a LaMelo Ball Mint City jersey and you're worried about the numbering, this, that, and the third, they're not going to be printing those for a little bit. So if you want to feel confident that they're going to have the regular in-season number for LaMelo Ball, buy with confidence. I can tell you that much right now because by the time it gets to you, these Mint City edition stuff gets to you, it'll have the accurate number. So, Buy with confidence. Go there. 
they have some, dude, they have some slides. They have some NCD slides. And if they weren't 40 bucks, I would have probably bought those. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to have to do something, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to get some kind of, maybe some kind of shirt. Um, you know, I, I would say hat, but it's, it's that's not a, enough. That's a Doug want, Branson thing. That's a, that's yeah, it is a, well, it is a Doug Branson thing, but also I want to sport it in a louder way than just wearing a Mint City hat. I want to get it on a shirt or something. I'm I want to get the hoodie way to do it. I'm, I'm thinking um, uh, what I'm hoping for is there going to be at least, and this is just my prayer to team Jordan and the Hornets have multiple shipments of this stuff because I think this stuff is going to go really, really fast. Please do not have this in a limited edition stuff. Have enough for everybody on this. Don't do the 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 Jays thing with this because I think this is going to be really, really popular. And it'll be the stuff that'll resonate for years if you do it right. Well, and uh, by the way, as the Hornets PR staff often do, make an excellent decision and they send some really cool Mint City edition gear to Don Staley. And she put that out on oh. Twitter. I thought that was awesome. Um, you know, they they do embrace their culture and Don Staley is a part of the Charlotte basketball culture. Bring back the sting, baby. Bring yeah, back the sting. A sick logo, which we don't talk about a lot, yeah. too. I love the Charlotte Sting logo. So anyways, very cool that Don Staley put that out on Twitter. Um, and then we'll wrap up with this. I mentioned at the top of the show, Nada always is one to point out. It could always be worse. <laughs> and he often says that to Hornets fans. And we got an, an always could be worse trade yesterday. And it's mostly for the Washington Wizards. In fact, it's the Washington Wizards. It could always be worse, Hornets fans. You could be a Wizards fan. And uh, the Wizards decided to trade John Wall and a protected 2023 first round pick in exchange for Russell Westbrook. So they just do the old 40 mil a year point guard swap with each other and the Rockets get an incoming first round pick that is protected to boot. Um, Look, I just don't understand why you're doing this if you're the Wizards, man. Like the the Rockets, you move off of Russell Westbrook, you get a first-round pick, cool. Like you need assets after Daryl Morey sent him in all sorts of different directions. So Rockets, I look at this as whatever. It's actually a a good trade, in my opinion, better than average. Wizards are are hell-bent on keeping Bradley Beal. They're just refusing to get rid of Bradley Beal, even though everybody wants him, and you could probably get just some monster haul. Like you could just get some monster haul for Bradley because, because of the way he fits too, right? Like he would fit so well with Brooklyn. Like it's, it's a guy it's, it's man. You're talking about him, Clay Thompson, like legitimate stars that you could just plug into really any system and it work out beautifully. I mean, I, I just, right. I can't wrap my brain around this with the wizards, but they're going to hold on to Bradley Beal. They're going to give up a first round pick to go get Russell Westbrook. This is a team that again, could maybe make the postseason because they have two stars and one legitimately crazy one in Bradley right now. And then they're going to drown presumably. So I just, yeah. I don't know what the wizards are doing. It doesn't make sense. Well, think about it like this Walker, considering the rumors that we had heard about Russell Westbrook and the Hornets, how much better does Gordon Hayward at $40 million when you throw in the Nick Batum wave and stretch and keeping an asset feel? This feels like a lot better. We, you should. I feel like we dodged a bullet, and then I should go buy a lottery ticket, and I just might later, because <laughs> this is the bullet that they dodged. This is the bullet again. Sometimes teams are defined by the deals that they don't make, and by the Hornets not making that deal, by the Hornets having Lamelo Ball fall to them. We're not talking about Gordon Hayward and Russell Westbrook 
in some kind of lethal weapon five situation where you have two old guys trying to prove that they still got it and trying to make the playoffs. I actually kind of like this. Well, it's, I mean, yes, comparatively, like, of course, you'd rather take Gordon at 30 mil a year and keep your asset rather than have Russell Westbrook for 40 mil a year for the next three seasons and get rid of an asset. Absolutely. You would much rather have Gordon Hayward in the situation. And I'll say this, and this perhaps should be a topic on a different podcast, but, you know, since it's here, um, you know, one thing about Mitch Kupchak and we can bash this Gordon Hayward signing. You know, we can bash some of the moves that the Charlotte Hornets have made. But one thing I think Gordon, or not Gordon Hayward, one thing I think Mitch Kupchak has made very apparent is that he is not going to send out assets in order no. to pull off some big move. The things he's going to move assets for is maybe packaging a couple of second round picks to go get a higher second round pick. Maybe he would do that to get a first round pick but he's not going to mess around with the draft selections. And I do feel really comfortable with Mitch Kupchak when it comes to the, the discussion on assets being included in trades. We think about it, the midseason trade, when Kimba Walker played his last season, we thought, okay, if you're going to hold on to Kimba, then it might make some sense to go after Marcus Gasol, but he didn't want to get rid of assets. He didn't want to get rid of a young player like a Malik Monk. And so he decided not to do it. You know, same thing with a Russell when they were in those rumors, the Rockets were asking for picks, maybe a young player. And Mitch Kupchak said, OK, nope, not going to do that. And so I, I think you can find solace in that Mitch Kupchak, based on what we've seen from him and his young tenure with the Hornets, he is not someone to bleep with the assets from this team. And nope. that brings me solace. No, exactly. Thank you, Mitch. Because, again, for all we know, we do not know the battles that that man fights with ownership. Again, to fights with ownership against their basis nature, basis competitive nature. So the fact that we do have Mitch here, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. This may be one of the few times we will say we will appreciate something that you do, Mitch. But at the same time, thank you for what you do. <laughs> that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to you guys, as always, for supporting the show. Make sure you tune in every single day this week. We'll keep you updated on anything notable that a player might say and all the Charlotte Hornets coverage. We've got you covered on all of it. Uh, now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen, all those great stuff, um, all that great stuff on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you uh, tomorrow.